0: back
1: we're back after a week away we just spent a week at my mom's house your mother-in-law my brother your brother-in-law also lives there and his his girlfriend so we're going to talk about that a little bit later but we are
0: so when you tell me who they are you don't have to give me their titles okay so i know if it's your mother that's my mother-in-law
1: well, I'm just giving a point of reference for our listeners.
0: Well, I think the same way I figured it out, they might be able to do the same thing.
1: Potentially. All right. Well, I just want to spell it out sometimes in case anybody, you know, has had one too many Casadoras tonight.
0: Fair enough. Continue.
1: All right. But before we jump into a conversation about in laws, we had a big day today. Potentially. You. <clears throat> it was a huge day it was it was a very 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 big day
0: why was it a big day
1: well we went to club trader joe's followed by whole foods whole foods bar
0: so i think what you mean by a big day is we braved two very long lines one which was probably an hour and 22 minutes not that I was counting or bitching, and the other was probably about 37 minutes.
1: Well, you were both counting and bitching, but when we left Trader Jazz, you told me that you had what kind of experience? It was an amazing experience. It was.
0: I owned the grocery store. I went to the bathroom. <laughs> there was no one in there. I had aisle three and four to myself two separate times.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. a great experience. I hope Trader Joe's keeps this uh, customer limit indefinitely.
0: Well, I have some time on my hands. I'm going to write him a letter.
1: You're going to write him a letter. Yeah. We have some friends who are attorneys who might be able to help you write a strongly worded letter if you want.
0: I'm going to speak from experience <laughs> and I think I will make a strong point.
1: Okay. Okay. So today at uh club TJ's followed by Whole Foods, this was my actually first experience in public in a little over a week with the exception of the drive to and from my mom's house. Um, You've been in public a few times.
0: Becoming a professional at this thing, unfortunately.
1: Becoming a professional. What do you think are some of the best things you've seen while venturing into public areas?
0: All right, well, I'm glad that you mentioned that this is your first time in public. (laughs) Um, because I saw some signs that would indicate that this was your first time in public.
1: (laughs) What do you mean by that?
0: So, why do you think the people are being asked to wear masks or cover their mouth and nose while in public?
1: Well, um, as we learned last night watching PBS News Hour, or two nights ago. It was two nights ago. Um, that the Rona virus, coronavirus can be spread even while talking, that the power in our speech can actually be enough to propel the germs forward. So here in California, where we are being urged to wear masks while in public, the idea is that that's going to help prevent that. Great point. Yeah.
0: So with that being said, do you understand how it's probably not best practice to remove the mask to sneeze?
1: Uh, I could understand that, but.
0: I'm trying to understand what you were thinking with removing the mask to sneeze.
1: <laughs> well, so we were standing in line at Trader Joe's. The, people, the woman in front of us was six feet away. The man behind us was like eight feet away and lost in Lala land of AirPods. And I had to sneeze and I felt like if I sneezed with the mask on, the germs were gonna then just be on my face.
0: Which is why you're supposed to wear the mask.
1: Yeah, but so I took it off. That's a good point. I sneezed into my sweater. And then I sanitized my hands.
0: Oh, okay. So you want to make sure you didn't give yourself any germs?
1: Not that I cared about giving myself germs. I just didn't want like the snot and saliva sitting on my face.
0: Okay, so just project it out into the line.
1: I sneezed into my elbow, like the CDC tells us to. I projected it nowhere aside from onto my sweatshirt.
0: That's fair. We can probably do this a little differently <laughs> the next time we are out in public, but we'll we're circ- we'll circle back. Um right. What are some of the other things that we experience while sitting and observing people trying to learn how to be back in public again?
1: Socks and sandals.
0: Socks and sandals, that's a big thing. <laughs> Lots of
1: socks and sandals we saw.
0: That's a big thing. Uh, I did see... Uh, the one guy that definitely tested positive for douchebag 19.
1: <laughs> he too tested positive for all sorts of, uh, douchebaggery. Um, he also, so he was wearing a neon green bandana. I'm, I'm going
0: to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. You have to, uh, so we were at Whole Foods,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, towards the back of the line.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the street was probably about 70 yards away. Mm -hmm. And I heard Calvin Harris blaring and did not see where it was coming from. And then I saw a golf cart with six inch rims Mm -hmm. and speakers in the back and saw someone driving their brand new Douchebag 2000.
1: It also had, I don't know if you caught it, there were like silver lightning bolts on the side. Yeah,
0: it was It was a custom paint job. And <laughs> yeah. I overheard the conversation. He spent a ridiculous amount of money for this uh, Douchebag 2000 vehicle that he pulled up to the front of the line and had the music loud enough so that everyone could hear.
1: Well, and then... I mean, I'm just going to fast forward a little bit. He got out of the golf cart, got into the back of the line, but then walked up to the golf cart, plugged in his phone, and continued to play Calvin Harris so that everybody in line could enjoy his dance party. I did enjoy
0: Calvin Harris, but what didn't you like about his time spent in the line with us?
1: So, he... Was wearing a neon green bandana tied around his neck, not on his face mm-hmm. as a mask. So it really felt a little bit more like a terrible fashion statement. All right. Like a 2006, circa 2006 Jersey Shore fashion statement. Um, and then what was really terrible is that he pulled out his big giant vape pen. Not even a pen, one of the big like vapes. And then was blowing his vape exhale with all of his coronavirus. And I'm telling you, a man like that is not one who gloves that. So we don't know what he was spreading. So
0: he should have been blowing it into his elbow or into his face mask.
1: No, he shouldn't
0: have. <laughs> is yeah. that what you're saying?
1: Yes, yes. He, right. he should have been blowing it into his face mask to sit on his big giant face
0: all right or blow it into his elbow
1: yeah
0: all right that's for like
1: not vape in public when we're in the middle of a pandemic of a virus that's spread via exhalation
0: that's fair all right i just wanted okay. to get some clarification but okay. very fair point you made there.
1: like please don't compare me to that man
0: i mean a sneeze and blowing vape into the air not the do, same can do the same things
1: uh, mm-hmm. but the intention of both were very different are you saying that i have similarities to that man
0: if i had my choice i would rather someone blow some scented smoke in my face than a hot sneeze <laughs>
1: this oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you may you what what would you choose
1: uh. My sneeze was into my elbow. It was fine. It was fine. Did you
0: catch all of it? Because it was a little windy.
1: I caught all of it and it was not windy.
0: All right. Because sometimes (laughs) you get a little sneeze mist that you can't catch into your elbow or your hand because that mist is quick.
1: So, again, are you comparing me to the. I'm just asking, which would you prefer? Driving the golf cart.
0: I'm just making a comparison and asking which would you prefer? Sneeze mist or fancy smoke?
1: <laughs> well, I would prefer that you don't compare me to the man who you said definitely has the douchebag 19. No, so he, te- he
0: tested positive. He tested
1: positive. D- so moving on. Um, well, was there any, anything else we you've seen in public that you wanted to share?
0: um no nothing that really stands out
1: all right so as i mentioned we just got back from spending a week with my mother and brother and his girlfriend and shout out to my brother if you're still listening um he's
0: asleep by now. he's not listening anymore <laughs>
1: he did share with us that he uses podcasts to put him to sleep and that he listened to the first three minutes of our last podcast and it did the trick which was to put him to sleep so hey noah if you're still listening um but yeah you're probably not definitely not definitely not because we're like we're 11 minutes in we're just getting to the good stuff so in-laws
0: before we do in-laws we gotta shout out our sponsor Okay. This, spon- this is sponsored by the Fancy People Food. I don't know how to say it, but what, what did we have for dinner?
1: So I made for dinner tonight kale gnocchi. Yeah. From Trader Joe's, which you have lovingly referred to as-
0: Fancy people food.
1: Fancy people food. So Trader Joe's is a store full of uh, I, fancy people food.
0: I wouldn't say it's full of fancy people food, because there's a lot of stuff in there that I've heard of before. <laughs> The stuff that we had was not around when I was a kid. Or maybe that just wasn't in my reach. The fanciest we had, or I was uh, lucky enough to have as a kid, was shrimp.
1: Okay.
0: That was the fanciest that we would go. Okay. But we had
1: some kale gnocchi for dinner tonight from Trader Joe's. And it was pretty fancy. That's our
0: sponsor. There we go. All right. So this podcast is brought to you by Kale (laughs)
1: Kill noki
0: <laughs> I thought it's in yoki but whatever.
1: Um, so, in-laws. Now, it's a tricky conversation. Can be a tricky conversation.
0: Why? Why does it need to be tricky?
1: Well, because I think navigating relationships with in-laws can be kind of tricky.
0: Only if you make them tricky.
1: Okay. Well, you have a pretty good relationship with my mom, and you had a pretty great relationship with my late father so what do you think are your tricks to avoiding a tricky in-law relationship
0: you got to write this down because i don't think everyone does this and if you follow this these steps these simple steps you will have great relationships with your in-laws and other people
1: okay you ready step
0: one Just be yourself. I think the biggest challenge that people are, or the biggest obstacle that people need to overcome is being themselves. And they approach relationships, specifically with in-laws, saying, I want this person to like me. So they put on their representative. And their representative is not always them. And when you're putting on an act or something that you really are not comfortable with, it starts to irritate you. Mm. And you get to a place like, ah, I gotta be around blank, say whatever name, Susie Q, who blah, blank, 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 blank. And all those things that they mentioned usually are around you doing things that you're not comfortable with doing. Because you're putting on an ax to get someone to try to like you.
1: So your trick to having a good relationship with in-laws is to just not give a fuck
0: no i'm not saying that i don't give a fuck i'm just going to be me and with that then you can find things that you have in common with them Mm -hmm. and they're going to be genuine because you're being yourself and i would expect the in-laws are going to do the same they're already old and they're set in their ways so they're not going to change for me i'm not going to change for you Mm -hmm. so now we are forced to sit down and learn about each other And if you pay attention, you can identify things that you could relate to them on. And now you leverage those things to build a relationship.
1: Well, I could see that if you have in-laws who, one, have an interest in getting to know you.
0: Getting to know you.
1: And two, are not super judgmental. So what would be your suggestion for people who have in-laws who don't really care to get to know you and are maybe a little judgmental?
0: Well, that's when you go back to the not giving a fuck. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because at the end of the day, you still have to be happy. And if you're not happy, you're not going to be a good person to be around. So if you start with yourself and doing things that are going to make you happy, at some point, the person or people... Have no choice but to come around and say, I like the energy that this person has.
1: All right. Fair. I think you also had another trick in getting to know my father pretty well.
0: Lots of weed. But I don't know if that's the trick you were talking about.
1: That's kind of what I was thinking.
0: Yeah. I mean, that that helps. So but would
1: that be tip number three is... To just get high with your
0: in-laws? No, I don't think that's gonna work. That was uh, something that we had in common. So that goes back to number two. So we were able to relate because we both enjoyed the stimulation from cannabis. And then we had some great conversations and habits that we shared after indulging in the cannabis. Mm. Got it. So like eating ice cream and maybe a few other unhealthy snacks okay another thing that we we found that we had in common
1: okay any other tips for people in navigating relationships with the in-laws
0: what is your professional opinion
1: my professional opinion
0: yeah if i came into your office and said i'm struggling trying to create a relationship with my in-laws and it's wearing on me and my relationship what would you advise me to do
1: well, I think the most important thing and one of the things that makes navigating relationships with in-laws kind of tricky is that when we leave the house of our parents and we create our new family, we, we get married, we have a partner. We have to make sure, so my job is to make sure that you are my priority. So in the event that my mother, my father, my brother, whomever doesn't like you or appreciate you or can't connect with you, I have to make it clear. I have to draw a a boundary with my family that you are my first priority, that this relationship takes precedent over my relationships with my family of origin.
0: So you're saying the partner of the in-law. So in this in this situation that would be you and you are my wife. Mhm. And your parents, I believe you refer to them as my in-laws. Mhm. So you're saying that you have to build a foundation that would open up space for me to have a great relationship by setting those boundaries? Is that the start?
1: Kind of. I mean, I think uh, a good example would be, say that you brought me home and that your parents didn't like me or didn't treat me with respect or weren't, were not warm and welcoming. You would have to, if you make me feel like I'm your priority, like I come before your mother. Um, And and that's a very common situation. This is not the case with us, but it's very common that wives kind of come into almost like a battle with their mother-in-laws. But if the husband says, this is my wife and she comes first and she is my priority, then it's his job to make sure that she feels honored and valued. And if the mother-in-law or father-in-law don't respect her, that's a boundary that they can then decide to create as a couple.
0: That makes sense and then what how does that work with the other you mentioned the mother mother mother-in-law relationship how does that work is the same thing for father and father-in-law
1: well I think every every family is a little bit different I think that there's a lot of um there's a lot of stereotypes about the mother-in-law and wife relationship I mean J-Lo and Jane Fonda were in a great uh, movie called Monster in Law that really kind of sh- highlighted that. Have you seen that movie? Never heard of it. No, that's not your on your list of 10 movies. No, I've never to... heard
0: of it. Who's Jane? J-Lo? J- Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez, Lopez? And who? Jane
1: Fonda?
0: It's called uh, Monster in Law? No, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Jane Fonda is an actress. Yeah. No, I've never heard of it.
1: Okay. <laughs> So, again, I think it's the the job of the couple to say our relationship, our marriage is the priority. And if the in-laws are not going to welcome my partner with open arms and love, then we're going to create boundaries, making it very clear that our marriage is the priority.
0: Okay. So walking out of your office, you would tell me, make sure I establish boundaries with my parents so that my wife or future wife will have a space to build a relationship. Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Absolutely. And making sure that you let your wife know that she, or future wife know, that she is your priority and that relationship is always going to come first. Got
0: it. You see how I went back and restated with you said to confirm that I'm hearing it correctly. I was listening to a relationship podcast, and that was the one that I was listening to when I went to go get my food today, so.
1: Yeah. It's
0: a good practice.
1: <laughs> you are really implementing some great listening skills. There you go. Repeating back, uh, kind of restating to clarify is a really great tool.
0: You want me to try it again? Uh,
1: no, I think we could probably move on. All right. Anything else about the in-law relationships?
0: No. I said my my... Important steps, and I think you added some uh, good tools. Yeah. So hopefully that works for somebody.
1: Hopefully, I mean it's worked for you. You have actually gone and spent time with both my mother and formerly with my father without me. So I think you've you've and my brother you've created some pretty good relationships. So it's worked for you.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I appreciate all the time that I spend with them. So.
1: Yeah. Um, if we think about our in-laws and our relationships with our parents, I think both you and I come from, uh, families with pretty traditional gender roles.
0: You want to define those?
1: So we both grew up in homes where our fathers were the primary earner and mothers spent a little bit more time in kind of the traditional women roles like domestic roles okay and this was something that came up interestingly last week before we took the drive to san francisco and historically i have always driven on our road trips and i didn't realize how you felt about that
0: yeah, I don't like that you feel you need to drive 100% of the time. I think if it's an equal split on road trips, then I don't look like I tested positive for douchebag 19. And I'm contributing and doing my part as the safety provider. <laughs> well, and I am the provider of safety because when I drive, I am a safe driver.
1: You are a safe driver sometimes. Um, How am I not a safe driver? Well, sometimes you drive so slow that it feels unsafe.
0: That's being very safe.
1: <laughs> okay. I mean, I, and I, what's something that I shared with you last week is that I like to drive because I have a lot of anxiety in cars. And by me driving, I'm literally in the driver's seat. I'm in control. And that's been a way for me to really kind of not have to deal with anxiety. And... You said something really interesting to me last week, the night before we left. And you said, what kind of man am I if I always let my wife get into the driver's seat?
0: That's right. And don't trust your safety provider.
1: Well, but that was a, kind of a bold statement of kind of what kind of man am I if I let you drive? Because our relationship in a lot of ways does not stand up to those traditional gender Norms.
0: So there are going to be some things that are very important to me. There are going to be some things that are very important to you. There are going to be some things that you do better than I do. So we need to identify those as a team. And that's how we're going to operate better.
1: Yeah. You know, my I was having a conversation with my brother's partner this week. And she said something that was really interesting that I think is a good point. That typically we value the things that are our strengths and so she and i were talking specifically about organization so she is somebody who her strength is organizing and keeping things tidy and clean so that's something that she really values and i think that kind of comes into relationships in terms of these gender norms so you really like to cook and that is a strength of yours
0: that was definitely a strength of mine. I also like to be very high on the road, driving at 55 miles an hour to make sure that I keep all of my passengers safe. <laughs> okay. So that's a strength of mine, which okay. is why the driving is important. Okay. I am not high. That was a joke. Yeah. I'm high now, but not.
1: I mean, when I'm but driving. that's also one of the reasons why historically I've driven is that you've gotten really high on our road
0: trip. And that's when I don't mind you driving. But there are times when. I feel like you're struggling, you need a break, and I should be able to give you that break.
1: Yeah, well, I, I appreciated that. I made you drive probably about 80%.
0: Of... You didn't make me drive. I volunteered to drive.
1: You volunteered to drive, and I allowed it.
0: You um, didn't allow it. I said, I'm driving.
1: Okay, <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> okay, okay, so you drove, but what are some tips or suggestions for couples who are trying to navigate some of these gender roles gender norms and relationships because again you and i you do a lot of the kind of more domestic stuff and i tend to if something's broken i'm the one who fixes it
0: yeah so identify what you're good at and what you appreciate doing and be honest with yourself if the toilet stopped working, I'm not going to pretend that I'm a man and know what to do. You have a little more experience than with fixing things. You could probably figure it out.
1: Yeah, yeah. One thing I don't ever want to do, though, is plunge the toilet if it stops working after you've used it.
0: All right, well, there's another toilet for you to use, so you don't have to worry about that.
1: <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on gender norms, gender roles,
0: um, driving? No, I think that's it. Do you have anything you want to add?
1: No, except for one thing I said to you earlier, that I'm actually really enjoying some of this uh, shelter-in-place stuff. And I'm learning a lot about myself. What did you learn? I learned that I kind of like it. And I, I, for a long time said I could never be a stay at home mom. I spent a lot of money and a lot of time going to graduate school and building a career and I would never want to give that up. And I actually really like being at home.
0: All right. So my question to you is when this is over and we want to go out and celebrate and we like to celebrate by having nice dinners, where do you want to go to eat?
1: Well, we'll have to see what's still open.
0: Okay, but if everything is open, everything's as is, as we know it, where do you want to go eat?
1: You know, you can't just throw that question on me three weeks into <laughs> Shelter in Place.
0: All right, so you still haven't learned what you want to eat for dinner, but we're <laughs> going to work on that part. <laughs> I think we're going to uh, stop right there, and hopefully when we come back for episode four, you can tell me why it's so hard to tell me what you want to eat.
1: All right, I'll work on that.